Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark and a returning guest, warm welcome back to Alan Fisher. Alan, hello again. Hello, Eamon. So how are you doing? Last time we spoke, you were, of course, in rural Illinois in the States. I gather you've moved since then. Yes, I'm. Uh, we 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 just weren't making enough money, and I don't think I was quite ready to retire properly. So um, I I was offered and accepted a job that meant I needed to move to um, Arizona. So I'm in Tempe, Arizona. I'm the uh, packaging design manager now for McFarlane Toys, which is a cool job to have actually. The McFarlane Toys. The McFarlane Toys. The Todd McFarlane. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, well, and he's he's a he's a great guy too. Is he? Okay, well I'll ask oh, you yeah, a bit, yeah. bit more about that when we get to the end and what your job involves at the moment. Um, okay. Now we have done uh, sort of we've done two episodes about Absalom and sort of managed to cover the three volumes, although we sort of jumped from one to three. Tell us yeah, what have yeah. you chosen to come back with? Well, it's another Gordon Rennie. It's uh, it's Jaeger, Jaeger. I'm not quite sure how we pronounce it, but um, yeah. And I've got the I I bought the um, I think I bought the trade paperback in was that like 2015 or something. But what I've actually got with me here is the Ultimate Collection, which um, seems to be two volumes. There's there's much more that in it than was in my original trade. All oh, right. Okay, and, and and my my Grail page is actually in the second bit. So. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll come to that. So I've got yeah. the digital version of the 2015 trade that you originally had, Jaeger right. Beasts Within. As you say, yeah. it's by Gordon Rennie again. Simon Colby does the art, coloured by Lena Grady, lettered by Simon Boland and Ellie Deville, and edited by Matt Smith. Obviously, collecting stories that ran. Uh, on and off, not continuous, but from Prog's 1874 to 1944 and Prog 2015. Uh, we're in 2012, 2014, and then I think there's a bit from 2015, just before the trade came out, in there as well. Um, right. So, for anybody who's not familiar with Jaeger or Jaeger, um, who is she and uh, why is she, what's her sort of mission? She is Capitan Inspector Italia Jaeger. She is the daughter of a notorious um, North Norta um, war criminal. Uh, she, at the start of the story, she's 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 working in the office of Public Truth. So she's basically hunting down and trying, I guess, to prosecute um, war criminals. Um, so, so that's that's like a job, um, and she has this this very loyal team around her. Um, there's a Sergeant Clower, there's a Corporal Heiss, and there's somebody I'm not sure she has a rank, but she's she's called Risa, and she's like a toxins and poisons expert. And they're all great, you know, they're all great characters. But she is. Um, she is approached by. I wrote his name down somewhere. Um, is he Neria? Oh, Neria, Colonel Inspector Neria, the from the Office of Genetic Purity. He, he, he's yet another really handsome 
<laughs> Nauta. Not, um, did I call them Nautas? I can't remember. Uh, proud members of Nordland, I guess they refer to themselves or something Nordland. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's approached by him, and there's Italia, you have to, you have to say, has, has this sort of scarring on the side of her face. Um, that's there's a, a genetic thing within the Nordland Republic that's called Strigoi, and you can either have it and it not really manifest itself, which is what it seems to be. It seems to be the case with Italia, but then um, some of the others develop it and they just become these hulking beasts that um, then want to kill their families and their own families and, and get rid of the, the taint. And she's, she's charged by this guy, Neria, to find, to track down an officer she served with who, who, who has gone like that and he's trying to kill his family so she's charged with protecting the family and so she takes the entire team to what used to be her father's castle and hijinks ensue really and and you know on, on from that there there are further investigations and she, I mean, at, at some point, I mean, we can circle back around, but at some point, she she's sent back to New Earth on a on a secret mission that her father actually gives her. There's a lot. There is, and as you say, there there will we will end up on New Earth for a while. So we are in the Rogue Trooper universe here. This is sort of like extending the Rogue Trooper universe. Um, We'll get a bit more to uh, Italia and her team in a moment. Tell us about um, particularly why you chose this uh, another Gordon Rennie story to come back on the pod with. What was it about Jaeger that sort of uh, pick, made it made it a pick for you? I, it, it was a bit of a slow burn, you know. I I read it initially and and thought it was good. Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure about the art to start with but that you know that's actually sublime that the art is just wonderful and then when I got when I read it um in the ultimate collection it's just it's just really really good I mean it's it's unrelentingly grim really but all the uh, I mean the writing's just exceptional the it's the the Nordland Republic is 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 for all intents and purposes Russia. You know, it's it's, um, but all the all the dialogue and the and and, and that you know every everybody's really cynical and um, I don't know. It's just it's just really really good and it's, I mean it's it's expanded on the Rogue Trooper universe. I mean. Rogue Trooper was kind of good in the day, but you know it, it's not really it's not really a modern story, and, and this very much is, I think. And it, as you say, it sort of expands on this idea of the noughts, the you know the the literally sort of faceless enemies um, from Rogue Trooper, who I think probably Conrad and Fox described them on Space Minute Two Thousand as sort of like space commie Nazis. 
Um, yeah. It's very, as you say, it's sort of like very sort of Russian, very East German. They've got, uh, they all, all the senior officers seem to have facial scars at some point. They've got that sort of yeah. almost like that historical thing of having Julian scars on their face and wearing the scars as a badge of honour. Um, there's yeah. an awful lot of, uh, I don't know, background detail, families. Plus, of course, they've been a bit like the genetic infantryman. They've been tampering with their own genetics to try and produce uh, sort of super soldiers or super pure soldiers. And in unfortunately, they've it's gone wrong. And as you say, it's introduced this sort of genetic trait, this sort of this strain that can spread and cause these terrible mutations. Um, so there's fascinating lots of extra detail introduced into the sort of faceless bad guys from Rogue Trooper. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And then, you know, Rogue Trooper himself makes a couple of appearances early on, but, it, I mean, he's basically this, he's a phantom. He's, he's, and I, I very much like that Rogue Trooper. I like, I like the Rogue Trooper where... It's mentioned that there's biochips talking to him and laughing, but you don't actually, you know, there isn't any of that. Um, yeah, and so and and so that that's handled really well. He's almost like a, a an urban legend horror story in a way um, yeah. for the Nordlin troops who haven't yet encountered him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did you make of this sort of expansion of the Rogue Trooper universe? And in particular about this sort of like concentrating on what we've previously seen as the bad guys. Um, And particularly about the central character. What did you make of her and her team? Oh, they're just, they're great. I mean, she had a a southern mother, uh, which, you know, she's been tormented about her entire life. And she's, she... She she's a very she's a very moral character, and I think it's fair to say a team just love her. You know, there's a they have a corporal who's who's like their tech guy, and he's a detective, and he's he's the he's the spy amongst their ranks. But even he likes it, you know. So she's tough, um, but she's brave. She's very brave. She yeah, and she's very good at her job. I mean, they've they've all of them been through several brutal campaigns um and come out the other side and you know um in a tight spot she's extremely uh, good at her job they all are really aren't they and they've all got this sort of quite fun relationship particularly her relationship with her sergeant who sees his job as yeah. basically just to keep officers alive you know and also to make terrible jokes as he goes along yeah and when he's when he's when they when he's first introduced and she first meets him he, he, he opens with he saves her life basically, and then he opens with a joke, and she's she she always seems to know the punchlines, and she's constantly saying to him new jokes, Clara. I need new jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. There's a there's some nice back and forth between them, um, and these sort of radio communications that they they are having while they're on missions together, and of course there's this central. Uh, mission that she's been set particularly in the first story uh, but it sort of carries on in the subsequent stories the strigoi trend uh, sorry the strigoi yeah. trait um, strigoi I looked it up as a sort of Eastern European 
sort of demon boogeyman vampire sort of story so this seems appropriate <laughs> for this uh, yeah yeah this tale yeah. Let's talk about Gordon Rennie as a writer then. What did you make of his writing and his work when he's taking on this sort of sandbox from another, uh, from Jerry Finley Day, and then expanding it and making it sort of something new and interesting? What did you make of his writing? Oh, it's it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. And I think he's, I mean, during during the original Rogue Trooper stories, the knots were just the the boogeymen, weren't they? They they were never so. I don't I don't even really consider this to be the same sandbox. I mean, Rogue Trooper, Rogue Rogue Trooper. You know, is I'm sorry, it's fun when you're ten, but um, it 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 doesn't it doesn't hold up that well. I don't think. And this is right. You know, it, it's it's just. Nowadays, when you when you read it, it's it's still fun, but you know it's 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 not grim and gritty like this is. It, this is this is something else entirely. Yeah, I mean we've got the great artwork of you know Gibbons and Cam Kennedy and the like uh, to look back on. But oh, yes, yeah, this yeah. is this is as you say taking it into a very modern twenty first century story, uh, a story that's about I guess sort of. Um, making the villains more complex and interesting uh, in a way, rather than just sort of like simple space Nazis. Um, yeah. You know, they've got all these different factions. They've got all this sort of history. There's a lot of sort of... It's quite, in a way, it's a very sort of hammer horror story, is the one I sort of kept mentioning when I was reading it and making notes. Um, there's castles in woods. We're not on New Earth where all this happens. We're on another planet. But, you know, her father's castle in the woods and waiting for this beast, this monster to come, having laid a trap for it. It's, it's sort of yeah. quite the monster in the woods outside the spooky castle, isn't it? Yeah, the the, the evil wizard. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the uh, thing that's interesting too in it is that they they point out that there are far more Southers than there are uh, the, the Northern soldiers, which is I don't think I've ever heard that before. But so they're, they're very much the underdogs, really. I mean, I don't know if that's because they've been losing the war so badly that there's few of them, or if they, you know, if they're just this bolshy little upstart country, which might be the case. Uh, it could be, yes. Uh, and perhaps they're punching above their weight in t- because of their sort of military traditions and, and so on. Um, yeah. They're certainly all obsessed with uh, their, you know, their regiments, their codes, their particular ways of doing things and their sort of history. Um, yeah, it's all very sort of Eastern European, Russian sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. There's all that... Um you know that mother of sighs, mother of tears. There's all all those sorts of things that they come out with, and um, yeah, it's just. I mean, it really is shot through with this like Eastern European vibe. Um, Interesting and, and, stuff. Yeah, Rus- Russian. Yeah. Yeah, Russian. I would say definitely rather than space Nazis. Right. 
uh, which is appropriate at the moment when the Russians are once again the bad guys of the world, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Fair yeah. play to Gordon Rennie for spotting it. Um, we've talked about Gordon Rennie a few times, obviously. Uh, clearly a writer that you've got a great deal of time for. You know, he he's had an on-off relationship with 2000 AD. He sort of walked away from it a couple of times, particularly to the world of video games, which I think is he's found to be um, better paid. But he's come back again and again. He's come back with Absalom. He's come back, obviously, with this, Jaeger. He's been recently, I guess, Kabbalistics has returned to the prog. Um, what do you make about him as a writer? Sorry? Diabolics. It was Diabolics. Oh, that's it? right. It came back rather than Kabbalistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think he's great, you know, and... and I guess, I mean, I guess he's a bit of a northern curmudgeon, but I, I know a few things about that. So, um, right. yeah, I just, I mean, it, I think, I think, I mean, people like Dan Abner have written written video games and stuff, haven't they? I think, I don't know. I think, I think the lure of 2000 AD and, and coming and just being allowed to do your own stuff is probably you know, really appealing. It doesn't sound like they're, you know, you're not DC Comics where you're being told to change your poses or modify your script. You just, you know, it's it's a weekly comic. It, it, you don't have the luxury of that sort of fussing on stuff. So, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, just Kabbalistics I didn't enjoy as much. And diabolics, I don't know. I don't. It's it's this mostly, and and you know, obviously, I thought Absalom was wonderful, but um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, okay. It's, 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 well, it's that's really good. And he writes that. Sorry, he just he writes that. What's that? Um, Black Hawk one. <laughs> the the Roman. He writes that too. Oh he? yes, Aquila. Aquila. Yeah. Aquila, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, he does, and I can't remember. Is that with Carl Richardson or Patrick Goddard? He does that. Patrick Goddard, I think. I think it. I think it might be Patrick Goddard. Yeah. That could be wrong. Well, let's. I mean, let's take that as our link to talk about artwork, because you said that Simon Colby's artwork, when you first saw it, you weren't quite sure about it, but it's grown on you considerably. Yeah. Tell us what you made of the yeah. artwork for this story. Oh, it's it's just phenomenal. His his, his storytelling, his compositions, his you know the way the way you know his posing and everything. It's just his settings. It's just I mean, there's so much in this. You know, there's there there are the castle in the woods, and he's great at that. There are the battleships in space. He's great at that. There are attacks on New Earth command bases it's it, it just there just doesn't seem to be anything he can't he can't draw um and it, it's just really really good really good i thought he was very good obviously with uh, italia jager's face the scarred face yeah um but also he made the four members of the team each distinctive you know they've got their yeah. own sort of obvious uh, design look to them, and that works very well. You can tell them instantly, even though Clara wears his um, chem mask the whole time, which I suppose helps. Yeah, I guess. 
but but there's lots of other people in chem masks too, and I think it's I think it's his size and its physique that the way he's drawn that tells you it's him rather than the fact that he's you know he's got his chem suit on all the time. Um, yeah, so his character designs are really really good. And I noticed a couple of things. One was that he's quite keen on a sort of low angle with the camera looking up on a character, um, particularly when a character's yeah. making an announcement or some dramatic entrance. Um, those are quite impressive. And then, of course, the other thing was the sort of hammer horror uh, spooky castles in the woods, which I thought he was great at as well. Yeah. Yeah, but there's even, I mean, like I say, there's even there's even shots of, you know, troop carriers and and. and like and ships in space and it's a, they're all just really really good really good we should shout out leno grady's colors as well this sort of slightly muted oh, yeah. battlefield palette but really great stuff with sort of bringing out um, colby's detail and the sort of dramatic backdrops and the slightly sort of spooky dark tone to it all they're great as well aren't they Oh yeah, just yeah. The color, the color throughout is phenomenal. Yeah, really, really good. And of course, really good. Uh, we don't get to talk about Simon Colby all that often on the podcast, but you know, um, great stuff on, on this. Uh, I'd like to see him more often, to be honest, actually. But hopefully, Jaeger will be returning yeah. at some point. Yeah, he did that. Um, what was that little? child genetic infantryman thing he did in Regine that was really nice was it called dragonflies or something are they mayflies That's... mayflies possibly yeah, yeah mayflies yeah so that you know I'm 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 not that fond of the Regine issues I've got to be honest but that that was good that was a good I like that yeah another example and he did that, of um, expanding the universe yeah and he did that um he did that Royals with Rob Williams for Vertigo when there was a Vertigo a few years ago. That was pretty good. Where all the all the royal families of the world all had superpowers. Yes, I remember that I th- one. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think he drew that one, didn't he? He did. Yes, that was very definitely him and Rob Williams, as you say. Uh, yeah, when there was still a Vertigo. Uh. Yeah. And he, um, he, you know, he's just, he's just yet another 2000 AD artist with this really distinctive style. You know, you, you, you sort of, you know who he is right away. Yeah. But the colour work is, is phenomenal. He really is. I'm surprised in a way that Colby and O'Grady haven't been sort of pinched by the Americans for more US comics, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the colorist particularly. I mean, you just hear all the time, don't you, that the artists like 2000 AD because they don't, you know, I, I've worked with DC and, you know, commissioned art and the amount of changes that they want to pose as, you know, you you hire someone like Jay Lee, you want Jay Lee to do his thing. You don't want to start correcting his anatomy and his posing and stuff just let the guy do his thing that's why you're hiring him i think so whatever (laughs) okay well let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about rogue trooper and the universe now obviously 
Rebellion own all this. They own Rogue Trooper um, and the idea. And here we've got another 2000 AD creator, or in fact, creative team, um, taking house characters and settings, playing with them, expanding them, doing something different. And, you know, obviously they've got all this great backlog or sort of legacy of of you know characters and settings what do you feel about new writers and new artists coming in and doing something new with the characters and settings rather than just telling more stories of the same i think it's i think it's a great idea i mean and if it if it's all if it's all the quality of this then you know you won't get any complaints from me i don't know you know in your notes you said you know what about like expanding the Halo Jones universe, but I don't, I don't know that that'd play in the same way that Rogue, the Rogue Trooper universe does. Um, right. And I mean, it's yeah. I mean, if if they're if they're doing something really original like this, then why not? This isn't really Rogue Trooper, is it? I mean, it's just not. No. I mean, we're on the other side. We only see Rogue Trooper occasionally in sort of flashbacks or uh, moments of his sort of wreaking his devastation. Um, Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, obviously we've had stories exploring corners of the Judge Dredd universe. Um, We've had stories about other Strontium dogs apart from Johnny Alpha and Wolf. Um, I just wondered if there's, you know, if there's other universes that Rebellion own in a way that they would be considering doing something similar to. And in fact, you know, how they would feel if somebody came and pitched them a story set in Halo Jones's world. Um, how would the fans react? How would the editors react? Um, we won't ask how the original writer would act because we probably, you know, we probably know the answer to that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think maybe Halo Jones is just too much of a of a sacred cow. Um, but yeah. And of course, you know, I mean, it was, it was still Gordon Rennie, but Absalom was the Kabbalistics world. He first appeared in Kabbalistics, didn't he? So he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't, I'm only just now, um, getting to the strontium dog stuff and it's all right. But I mean, yeah, dread, dread is another example. I mean, all those stories, that Dredd's not even in at all are just brilliant. You know, the the Dan Ebner insurrection stuff and Lawless. I mean, Lawless is just amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Dan, Dan, Dan Ebner is just another exceptional writer, isn't he? I mean, he's just... Absolutely astonishing. So, and Low Life as well, we've yeah. talked about on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's great too. Yeah. Talking of Rob Williams again. It gave us Dirty Frank. I mean, what's not to like about that? Exactly. He's in in Hershey. Yes. Dirty Frank. Yeah. Uh, And and he's not treated at all well in that, I don't think. (laughs) Again, with Rob Williams. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I mean, I suppose I, the other one that I thought about in our notes was Slain now, which we think has finished for good, only ever really been written by Pat Mills. Um, I dare say they probably, Rebellion probably won't try any more Slain stories written by someone else. 
Um, I think everybody would probably react badly to that as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's enough. There's, there, there are enough world myths out there, and certainly enough within the Irish and Celtic, you know, sort of cultures. I, I think. I think if it. I think if if it was as removed from slain as this is from Rogue Trooper, you know, a good writer could maybe. You know, but when all said and done, Slane's sword and sorcery, isn't it? It's not really sci-fi, so. Sure. Even with know. their laser guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even even when Glenn Fabry was drawing it. it yeah. Okay. Um, I've got in the digital collection of, um, what's it called again? Uh, Beasts Within. So I've got four stories. Got the first story, Strigoi, a story called Circe, a one-off from Prog 2015 called Brothers in Arms, and then finishes with a story called Tartarus. You've got some more stories in the Ultimate Edition, have you? Yeah, yeah. There's the, the Tartarus one is with the Kashan, right, where she's where they've um, they they're trying to you, trying to deploy their Strigoi infected soldiers as like shock troops. It's that one, yes, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Well, I've got. So you you haven't got the one where she goes to see the woman who's who's got all the little orphans. Um, War Child, you haven't got that? Not in this collection, no. I've read no, that in the prog, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting. And then what's it called when... There, that leads on to them going to New Earth. Right. In the realm of... In the realm of Pyrus. Ooh, okay, right. So that's that. That's when she goes, goes back to New Earth. And she's... Um, She's put under the command of this female officer who doesn't think much of her and thinks she's been sent to New Earth as a punishment for failures. And she, you know, she's she's very disrespectful of, you know, her fa- Italia's family name. But um, that's not really why she's there. I won't I won't spoil it. But that's not why. That's not why she's been sent back to New Earth. That's that's something to do with her father. But ultimately, I mean, that leads leads to her being captured and tortured by the Southers. Um, yeah, read it. Okay. <laughs> if well, you haven't read it, read it, because, um, you know. Before we get to discussing Grail pages, then, pick uh, out some favourite stories or moments yeah, from those. I don't, I don't, I mean... Those How old we... are these stories? Have people necessarily read them? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they date back to what, 2012, 2013, so she, 2014? Yeah, she's on, she's on this New Earth base and yeah. it gets attacked. Right. So what would be your favourite moments or stories from the collection that you've got in front of you? Uh, I think it's, it's got to be the last one where they're back on New Earth just because um, there's, there's a particular scene toward the end that I... I really, I really think sums it up, and um, yeah. So, but they're all good. They're all good. 
Yeah, they are. I mean, I particularly like the introductory story, which, as I say, keeps saying had that great hammer horror um, haunted castle feel to it with a beastie in the woods. So that I thought was fantastic. And you get the introduction of the team working so well together. Um, so that's good. I, I mean, I, I haven't reread the stories on New Earth, the ones that you've got in the end of the Ultimate Collection, which I'll have to, uh, to have a look at. I presume there'll be another collection coming out in trade at some point. But uh, we'll wait for that and see. Yeah, and I'll probably end up buying that as well. <laughs> seem to be, uh, I seem to have multiple versions of certain things. Haven't we all? Yes, haven't we all? So many different versions of certain stories on our shelves or on our digital collections. Um, yeah, okay. I'd, I'd, def- I'd definitely buy an absolute Absalom in a heartbeat. Yes, well, we may still get that one, of course, as well. Yeah, absolute Absalom. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, let's talk about Simon Colby's art, uh, either with or without Leonard Grady's wonderful colours. Um, what are your grail pages or covers going to be from this collection, then, Alan? Well, um, it's about these these ultimate collections. The pages aren't numbered, but it's in this one. It's the sixth, the sixth page in from the back, and it's where Clower rescues. Italia. That is just a fantastic page. It's not well, there's a bit of action on it, but it's um, that's that's my grail page. I don't really know I haven't really seen enough of the covers to pick one of those. Um unless they're the title pages. I don't know. I so didn't I've I didn't got, read this. Yeah, I've got the original the covers from the first sort of stories in the back of my digital edition. Um, right. Okay, but we will look up that page that you've chosen uh, where Clara rescues Italia and put that on the socials when this episode comes out so people can see what we're talking about. Um, any others that you wanted to mention or pick? I like the one where the, um, again, no page numbers, but I like, I like the page that's got the, um, the battleship in space. Yeah, I'll find it and I'll, I'll tell you what page that is. Okay. But I mean, there's there's a lot of it. <laughs> there's a lot of it. I'm not sure you'd necessarily want on your walls. <laughs> yes, indeed, it's a little bit. Uh, some of it is quite sort of disturbing stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we'll put these pictures on the various socials and on the forum when the episode comes out, so people can see what we're talking about and have a look at Simon Colby's art with Leonard Grady's colours. Um, I'm going to pick, right from the start, I'm going to pick the introduction of Italia Jaeger herself, which was oh, nice. the, the yeah. third page of her first appearance. And uh, suddenly she's, again, it's got that uh, Simon Colby sort of low-angle camera looking up at her as she announces who she is. Uh, there's a great sort of drop ship um, in the background um, yeah, with, that's a great page. Yeah, wonderful sort of searchlight lighting from Leno Grady in the colours. So I'm going to pick that, I think, the actual introduction of Italia Jager uh, as my grail page. Yeah, as I say, then, we'll, they're good, aren't they? And then, yeah, then two pages on from that, there's there's a lovely sort of close-up headshot of her. That's, a, that's an interesting page too. But when yeah, we get to see really the scar for the first time. Lower your weapons, I'm conducting an investigation on behalf of the Office of Public Truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
The one I've got, Jaeger Beasts Within, is available still in paperback for $17.99 or $9.99 digitally. I'm going to guess the Ultimate Collection probably is still out there if you want a hardback collection of some more stories. Um, I haven't got that one myself, but uh, sounds like a goodie. Yeah. Um, I've, I've come to realise, though, I mean, that this Ultimate Collection, no Zenith. Oh, right. They haven't done Zenith in the Ultimate yet. No, I'm suspecting they're not going to. I wonder if that's to do with the strange publishing rights uh, where they got away with republishing it and recollecting it one one more time, and that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed seemed like an odd one to omit. Yeah, I mean, I say one more time. They did it as in what they – what was it called? Was it an Apex edition? And then they put it out as four individuals, and I think – I suspect that might have been as far as they're allowed to go. With public, yeah. you know, reprinting it. Yeah. Okay, Alan. Well, great. Thanks for talking about Jaeger and the expanded Rogue Trooper universe. Rogue Trooper universe. I mean, it's great fun. It's a uh, it's intense, dark, uh, sort of future space war stuff with all the sort of, as you say, the Russian um, bad guys and all that sort of genetic stuff in there as well. So it's quite a lot that Gordon Rennie and his team pack in. It's good fun. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. It's really good. So tell us about uh, working for McFarlane Toys. We're on to guest projects. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, I'm the, I'm the packaging design manager. I've, I, I think I started March 1st, something like that, so I haven't been doing it very long. But, um, yeah, it's a cool job to have. But um, I got to commission quite a bit of work from Tien and Trevelyan, um, Oh, there you are, another favourite. In the last year um, for a project I was working on before I had this job. And um, I've designed designed a couple of book jackets for Brian Tolbert and I'm currently helping him with his biography. So that's all good. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, So he's working on a biography as well uh, because obviously he's got a new Luther Arkwright coming out, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I did the cover for that with him. Oh, fantastic. And I did that um, Granville, the Granville, the collected Granville yes. one. I did that cover with him too. Wow. I'm very much yeah, hoping I to just, get to his signing in July at Gosh Comics when he's signing the new collection. Yeah, I was I was invited to the launch at um, the comic, the comic mu- cartoon museum, but... I can't go because I don't, I don't have I don't have any paid time off. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, because yeah, the cartoon yeah. museum is in a sort of retrospective exhibition of him as well at the same time. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, having read his biography, he's, he's launched most of his books there, right. I think. But um, I just um, years and years ago, I had that big Luther Arkwright poster where he's wrapped in a Union Jack. Oh yes, I remember. And I can't remember what happened to it, but I think I think it got damaged. Anyway, anyway, Susie, my lovely wife, um, bought me another one, and I contacted the chap who uh, runs Brian Talbot's website and all his socials. And Brian responded because I, I was trying to get it signed. This was in the midst of COVID, right? In the you know when we still thought you had to leave a package for two weeks before you opened it, you know. Yes. So he, he signed that 
and sent it back to me and I got a frame and I got it framed and I just happened to mention to him that I was a graphic designer and you know should he should he want anything you know I would absolutely do it you know and no charge obviously and um yeah he said well actually I've got this I've got this new Luther Arkwright coming out and he, he, he sent me that when it was in when he was midway through inking it you know so I I, I saw that that was good and then Oh, and and Tin and I, I, I speak to semi semi regularly still because um, he he's still working on a project that I'm not working on. So, but um, yeah, and he's a great. They're all they're all lovely people. They are, you know. It's... And Tin and Trevelyan is doing Fiends of the Eastern Front in the prog at the moment with Ian Edgerton. Yeah, Ian Edgerton. He's another good writer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that's that's really good. I've been reading that. And that that'll probably be collected at some point, won't it? I think there's been a there has been a volume of fiends in the Ultimate Collection. I think it had the original Carlos story, and then there was one that Colin McNeil did. Yeah, David Bishop wrote, yes. and yeah, and the then, then there was, story, yeah, and then there was a a Tiernan story or two in there. I think oh, right. there was that okay. one. There was that one with them. Um, What's the what's the guy with the big bats in the in the biplane? What's that? Max. There was a tie-in with that. Black Max. Max. Black Max. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a tie-in with that that's pretty good. Yeah, which I guess was from one of the Misty Scream specials, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. And Todd McFarlane himself is. Uh, you say he's a good chap to work with and work for. Yeah. 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 One really. Of the biggest is. names in comics. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's just a just a really nice guy, just and funny, and you know, just I mean, he he just seems like a thoroughly decent person. But then he is, of course, Canadian, not American, so that might have something to do with it. <laughs> okay, that seems to help. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, it all sounds like you've got a lot of interesting stuff on the go, Alan. Um, fantastic, yeah. and I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing the Brian Talbot stuff when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, the the the. The Granville's out. He sent me a copy of that, and that's all. I think that's all of the five stories. It's all five stories of that, and then the new Luke, Luther Arkwright, the Legend of Luke Luther Arkwright. That's and it's it, they're done like um, big leather volumes. They look like they're leather, you know, and they've got like gold embossing on them and stuff. They look nice, I think. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as I say, hopefully be getting one signed in July with a little bit of luck and going to the Cartoon Museum as well. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely go go see the stuff. Um, Great. Well, thank you, Alan. Uh, we've had our technical difficulties as ever, but we've got through them. Uh, Gordon yeah. Rennie, um, you've done sort of like three episodes about him now. be interesting to see what you pick <laughs> next time. Um, it won't be Gordon Rennie. Okay, all right. We'll go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But it's um, it's an it's an inter- it, they're very they're very interesting. It's a very interesting take on the Rogue Trooper universe. It is highly recommended. Yeah, I had great fun yeah. going through it again. Yeah, highly recommended. Great stuff. 
And thank you to everyone for listening to Mega City Book Club. As ever, all the links uh, are at megacitybookclub.com, including the show description. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the 2000AD forums. Uh, or email me, mcbcpodcast at gmail.com, uh, if you've got comments, suggestions, or a book you'd like to come on and discuss. And so until next time, when we're passing judgment on another great book, it's goodbye from me and from Arizona. Goodbye. Wow.